hi, everyone. <laughs> you can't see it, but I just waved, and I think Evan's dying from that gesture. <laughs> uh, we watched uh, God Friended Me this week, and uh, episode season one, there's only one episode season currently, episode three, uh, and it was it was a bad watch. <laughs> it really was, and I like to think of God Friended Me as the only television show brave enough to ask... What if God could send dick pics? Oh no! Welcome to Bad Watch. have like a lot of glowing i think evan just saw my face as i'm, as I'm trying to envision think, think of all the possibilities of celestial dick pic i'm either thinking like cthulhu-esque horror stuff or like glowing angles and confusion you know it is all about angles I'm told, for those sorts of photos <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Evan, I hate you forever. But that's the th- so. If we're to believe that God has a Facebook account, which is the entire premise of this show, oh, it's bad. So there's a, a hot to trot podcast host. What's his name? Miles, attractive black man. Attractive black man. <laughs> that's that's his name. He's also okay. There was a very short lived show starring the same actor and Le- Leah Leah Michelle from Glee. Okay. And that whole show was about how he was an up-and-coming rapper in his teens and won the mayor race in some city. And this show only existed Mm. for a matter of episodes or months. It didn't make it to full season. But I remember seeing the commercials for that and thinking, so they're doing Ben Wyatt's origin story? (laughs) (laughs) From Parts and Rec? I was like, they're just blatantly ripping off Ben Wyatt. Yeah. So this guy's found a new... new, uh, a vehicle for his fame and fortune. He must have an amazing agent because he is not that talented. And well, I mean, he keeps getting stuff that's not that great. <laughs> that's true. He's not getting like the new Guillermo del Toro. That's fair. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So yeah, I guess let's let's. So his character, he is a podcaster. He's an atheist, an outspoken atheist, and his he's got the most pretentious sounding pro- podcast title ever of the Millennial Prophet. He he yes, he's the Millennial Prophet. And he's. I'm grimacing just thinking about that. Everything, basically, everything about him is terrible. Sort of like he could easily be a crossover character in Gilmore Girls as one of like the Yale people, except <laughs> oh, he's yeah, except he's black. So it would have to be a, a reboot, of, <laughs> a, of gritty, a gritty, a gritty, a gritty, posh reboot. <laughs> Rory's writing for like some weekly zine with self-printed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, self, self. E-printed? I don't even know what... (laughs) It's only available on Kindle. Um, This episode, uh, episode three of season one, was Heavenly Taco Truck. Yes. Now, is that literally the name of the taco truck? It was. It was. So that's not... So it made it more okay for me. That That does make it slightly more okay, but I was honestly... The taco truck... uh, The titular taco truck is really only in the show for... 30 seconds yeah but it's 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 like where everything spins out of control from our hero here it is sort of the anchor point the series of events that occur the butterfly effect that occurs immediately following the taco truck 
adventure. Now it's, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. It, the whole premise, and I imagine the other episodes are like this too, is that this God character, Facebook friend person, like, I, and I, we can get into whether or not it's actually God. It's not. Um, <laughs> but, but, but spoiler this, alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. But this God character uh, is, like, telling him to go do things and, he, and like, get prompting, making him ask questions that's causing him to lose his followers in his podcast or, or like, go places. Cause, uh, the, and he's trying to figure out who's doing this because this person, whoever's sending him messages or liking things or recommending friends to him, are, like, there's, like, adventures that are spawning because of this. And it's, like... It's like, in my mind, it was just like, this is someone who has way too much time on their hands following around this one person. Yes, and the, on, the truly the only stakes in this episode are the number of subscribers Attractive Black Man has to his podcast, Millennial Profit. That's really it. That's, that's the whole driver. That's basically it. He gets his wallet stolen, but there was nothing in it. Yes. Like... Um, his, his older sister is an openly gay woman who mm-hmm. just moved in with her partner in the hugest New York City the most palatial apartment. New York City apartment I have ever seen I, like, I'm, <laughs> I immediately assumed that her partner was independently wealthy yeah it's gargantuan it's enormous <laughs> there uh and then her their their father is a pastor or priest I couldn't tell if he was Catholic I, I, I didn't get that either I didn't they didn't I don't think they gave any hints away on that but he yes. was you know he was married and had children so I, he's not a Catholic at that point, or maybe he you know could. that's a fair point. So, so I know we can cross a couple <laughs> religions out. That's but. Yep. <laughs> you know you're onto something there. Also, the uh, in true Disney film fashion, the mother is dead, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I really can't remember any of these characters' names. Oh no, no. Um, it's it, the other like <laughs> the main thing is like the the premise is kind of. It, I thought it was an interesting premise, and then it just went into like campiness. Like at, like I think the the main line they're going with is like everyone's connected, and you should be nice to people because you never know what your your impact will have, or sort of like how yeah, how positive uh, an impact you can have on the world. Like I think that's the whole idea yeah. behind the show, which is a nice fluffy thing. But it sounds like a, a ninety minute film though, not <sighs> not. Not a series of television that was just renewed for second season. Yeah, I just yeah, I guess it has a following. And like I was watching review on this episode specifically, and like the people I was watching, they were they really like enjoyed it. And I was like, why? It's first of all, it's very boring. There's like the show is so bland that it's hard. It, we almost didn't record this episode because there's not a lot. There's really no meat on these bones mm-hmm. to even lean dis- pickings. <laughs> really lean pickings. It's very boring. It's very bland, and that's largely because instead of having a plot for any of these episodes, it's all about divine intervention in Millennial Prophet's life. Yeah, yeah. And, like, so, but we learn in the first couple episodes that the God Facebook account friends Millennial Prophet and he starts suggesting friends or capital H God capital H he God or they (laughs) I don't know (laughs) the cosmology is so confusing already but God suggests friends to Millennial Prophet Millennial Prophet then finds these people because why Why would you do any of this he's some sort of investigator rather than be like a normal person and think I don't know this how about I just block this dude because this is weird I'm going to block this person (laughs) and I'm not going to go friend this stranger who he suggested (laughs) to me 
and but he does because he's an atheist and of course that makes sense and he then it, the first <laughs> Why is he even doing this? It, Doesn't he have his own life to lead? Like, <laughs> no, apparently. Because um, he's fighting with his father. And uh, yeah, it's really dumb. But he follows up on the first friend suggestion from God. And it's a reporter who's played by a like a brunette white person who has zero personality or charisma. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. And, like, part of that, I think it's just constant. In the writing, I was just constantly, like, low-level cringe. Just constantly just like, don't There's nothing, like, you can (laughs) tell that uh, every character was written by this, like, one person, it feels like. Because they all read so similar. Mm. Like, there's almost nothing that makes any of them stand out. Yeah, it was. I, now that you say you say it like that, I yeah, it was just the samey. It was all it was over. all just the same, and so she mm. uh, meets up with Millennial. I almost said hooks up. That's coming later. We suspect. oh yeah, there's a lot of will they won't they. There's so much on. will they won't lay. Will they will they won't lay? I like, exactly. I like that. <laughs> yep. Freudian slip right there. You're welcome, guys. But it's she says no. I'm following him for the stories. Because she, yeah, she's writing these. She's she's going on these tales, these adventures, and writing them up, and like everyone loves them. Apparently, they're yes. And also, <laughs> like the episodes aren't that good. How good are the stories? And she's helping Millennial Prophet sort of dig deep into who's behind the God account, and their whole thing is. I guess when they met, he helped journalist connect with her estranged mother. Was I think Something. briefly mentioned in passing. Yeah. I don't Maybe. know if she was like adopted or her mother faked her own death, which all of a sudden this could be <laughs> a much more interesting show. But this mother, the estranged, the not no longer estranged mother is not in this episode, so we'll never know. Yeah. Because I'm not watching anymore. Nope, I can't do it. First of all, also, Andy told me this was a half-hour program, and he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it is an hour program, and 42 minutes of my life I'll never get back. But they're friends and hanging out, and Millennial Prophet has a co-worker friend who's um, Latino and very awkward. He's dating someone. He's trying to date. I think she just used him as someone. a friend mostly. That's Yeah, he complained about being in the yeah. fun zone because friend zone has some problematic <laughs> over Yeah, it's very weird, but by the end of the episode, she's like jumping into his arms on stage when, after doing karaoke. Which was weird, too. It was very weird, especially since it wasn't nearly as good as the karaoke scene in The Crying Game, which is incredible, and everyone should watch it. <laughs> I haven't seen go, go, that. Go, go, good watch, Junior. Um, <laughs> good watch, Junior. <laughs> it's amazing. Every, like, that whole movie is really good actually but we don't have time for that now uh also that's really the roommate's entire arc is he's dating for this episode yeah he's dating this woman who clearly likes him but he thinks he's in the friend zone and then he sings karaoke and she jumps into his arms yeah and they probably live happily happily ever after no they need they need some drama on this show they're not getting it from the regular episode maybe she's the god account that would be a dumb twist also boring yeah Yeah. (laughs) just equally stupid uh but 
Yeah. So this episode is going like it starts out like we get a couple of introductions to some people. We figure out we're figuring oh, stuff out, and then yes. he gets a, he sees that the God account has liked a taco truck, and so he's like, "Let's go to the taco truck." And it's like not yes. around the corner; it's like a ways away. I was like, "Aren't you?" Like he was at his job, and they're like, "Let's just go to the taco truck." And then yes. he doesn't return to work for the rest of the day. And also, <laughs> this is he gave his two weeks notice at this job, <laughs> and I guess just continued showing up because apparently in one of the earlier episodes he was going to make it as an independent podcaster he didn't need this bullshit job where he doesn't actually do any work and then when he loses half of his subscribers for I guess saying that he wanted to investigate his faith because of this God account and he was going to talk to people he lost half of his subscribers because <laughs> because atheists are I guess are very fickle and angry and also curse you using God insulting language like they yeah. one of them told him yeah. to go to hell and I was like uh, but the sort of your whole thing is that you don't believe in that yeah, it was like that's not from an atheist really then you wouldn't that doesn't even really compute it just and like and like the like they made a joke in the episode they're like that's a weird thing for an atheist to say I was like yeah it sort of is yeah that I sounds like maybe you should have uh, given that one a quick rewrite but you know now that time has passed yes. so he leaves goes to this taco truck with journalist friend and roommate friend and they're eating tacos and nothing is happening but then a young youth, a hooded youth. Well, well first, first they're like, all right, so, so he liked this, liked this ah, taco right truck. There. So let's, we're, what we'll do is we'll, we'll they try and message him. CSI on we'll this message taco him and truck. see who gets on the phone. And I looked over at Evan, <laughs> and because we watched this together, I looked over at Evan and I went, everyone's on their phone all the time. What do you mean? Like, no, like you're going to identify because, oh, no one will be on their phone in this. Everyone put your phone down and let's get a message from me right now. It's, it's <laughs> like, literally a taco truck that in parked in some plaza where there's no seating. Literally, everyone's just standing around eating tacos. But there's tacos. like 20 people and then so they do this yeah. message thing and then they spend like 10, 15 seconds cutting to different patrons checking if people are on And their the phone. most unbelievable thing was that none of them were on their phones, <laughs> yeah, was which was very disappointing. It could have been hilarious <laughs> If everyone had was on their yeah, phone, yeah. but no, that's that's, that's so uh, stupid. I was like, what? It was really frustrating to watch, and then they're like, they're ogling everyone in the crowd basically, <laughs> and a, a pickpocket runs up and takes Millennial Prophet's wallet, and they chase after him, but he gets away. And then the God account suggests mm-hmm. a friend to Millennial Prophet, who is a retired cop who now works as a private investigator. And is far and too talented of an actor for this television yes, program. Yes, very Let's much so. I can't remember what actor it is, but I've seen him. He's been in a bunch of stuff. I like him. He was the dad of the missing girl in The Killing. Wasn't he in Dexter, too? Per- yes. He was, he was, it was like one of the cops in Dexter working alongside Dexter's sister. No, you're thinking of a Latino gentleman who he does look very similar oh. to. Oh. <laughs> This man is just white. Oh, okay. He's a white man. But yeah, uh, go check out The Killing. Uh, I only watched the first couple episodes, but he's the dad in it. He's also great in that show. But anyway, I digress. So they uh, accept this again. So they're like, yeah, let's go, let's go talk to him. I'm an he's atheist, but I'm going to follow God's lead on this one. And they go talk to him. He's a, a private investigator. And then they follow him through Central Park. He doesn't go back to work. The journalist comes with him because she's this. he's the story. He's the story. She's She's on the case. And then, and then I love that this is at one point. This is the point where he gets a text from his sister or something about like what's going on between her and her and their dad. Um, 
and he's, he's like, yeah. I gotta. He's like, I gotta go talk to my dad. And I was like, wasn't he late for meeting him for dinner or something? There's that think, later. I think the dan- dinner happened. Early. I don't. I don't. I mean, there's a there's a dinner where the father and son like snipe at each other. Yeah, he, he arrives. He arrives late. Father and son snipe at each other, and the girl uh, sister announces that she's moved in with her so, and. Uh, and then it later, it's, I don't remember what I, the, the. Later, you see their amazing apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, like he's fo- like uh, Millennial Prophet is following the with the journalists going after um, PI man. The PA going after their their target, uh, and he's like, I got to go talk to my dad. So he jaunts off to meet his dad at the church and have a chat. And I was like, you could have just called him. <laughs> yeah. I was like, but th- this show, you can tell there's so, such a lack of imagination in the writer's room because like a lot of things, a, a lot of shows have really struggled with the advent of everyone having a cell phone mm-hmm. because it's so easy to communicate with people. And that's why I can't stand the show Modern Family, which suffers from, oh, there's some miscommunication and no one <laughs> talks to each other yep. and hilarity ensues. It's the same in every fucking episode and I hate that show. <laughs> Although it has a very uh, talented cast, I will say. But it's just like they could do so much more with those talented people. It's mm-hmm. very frustrating. But uh, uh, Millennial Prophet runs off. The journalist is like, well, what do I do now? Well, yeah, this was like is the moment Is his dad for... the story? <laughs> this pastor man? <laughs> so journalist follows P.I. and it's like, I was like, oh, so this is so they can be alone and bond and discuss about things yes. and do some exposition for the audience. Got and it. the P.I. like taps her on the shoulder and he's like, you're very bad at this. And it's like, yes, she oh, is. Oh, that's because they followed him, right? Yeah. And they've, yeah. they tried following the... She's wearing like a bright yellow sundress in the middle of the park. Right. <laughs> surveilling he's, him. He's like... Surveilling an ex Yeah. And he's like goes up. He goes. Up, this is a, like so. They're trying to figure out why God recommended him, and so they're like, Let, let's spend a day and follow him again. No one's working. It's like Friends, but even sillier. Yes. Um. They're so they're following him. He. I was like, I go. I go they're gonna. He's gonna notice them, obviously. Yes. And then he does, and he goes. He goes. You guys are terrible at this. And that's yeah. That's when the whole. Transition. Yeah. He's he's on the yeah, bridge yeah, yeah. with a flower and he's mourning the loss of his wife. Yes. That's how that's we find out that's character's tragedy. Yes. And so PI and journalists inexplicably start hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they just he found out she was following him and he's like, let's hang. Which of course that's the thing a PI would do. Yeah. And I don't even I'm not even sure if he had agreed at this point to take the the he did. No, he, he agreed initially. To find the pickpocket. He agreed initially, and he's like, you guys will tell me what this is really about at some point later. That's right. Um, and then, so then they followed him, and he and then he was like, tell me what's actually going on. So then they told him about the God account thing, and it was like, and, I, and I, like, they regaled him with that, and I was like, oh, this is kind of, this is just kind of stupid and boring. Like, why are you even doing this? And it was so funny, because when they're initially talking to the P.I., uh, he's like, what was in the wallet? You know, what? Why? Did, why is it so important? And it's a wallet. He's like, oh, nothing. And then he re- like Millennial Prophet realizes that's a really dumbass thing to say. And he's like, uh, has sentimental value. Yeah. yeah. And the journalist is like, you know, taking furious notes because all of this is going to be in her feature later. <laughs> also, okay, this is another like similar to the Netflix Marvel TV shows. It is absurd. The number of people in those shows and in Godfriended Me 
who apparently make a living working full-time as journalists. Because that's, like, not a thing. It's, it's like, it, no, it hasn't been since, like, 2004. It's so weird that there's all these people running around like, well, I'm a journalist. It's like, no, you're a journalist and a Lyft driver and a blogger, and you have an Instagram account for your dog. Like, fuck off. I, I don't need this. Marvel and God friended me. I want you to be real about the state of print media in this country. This strikes a chord close to home for us. You know... <laughs> Like, how does no one else complain about this? It's When was the last time you, you met or knew of someone who's like, I'm a full-time journalist. Never. I life. don't also have a podcast and a thousand other things in the fire because I don't have health insurance and I need money. <laughs> like, that doesn't happen. Oh, but that does for boring white girl and all the people she works with and mm-hmm. her dumb co-worker who, seems to only, who has no interiority or depth <laughs> except for... Oh, I see why you're hanging out with Millennial Prophet. He's yeah, hot. She's, just, she's shallow just, as a kiddie pool. Yeah, That's she's really basically dumb. a silhouette drawn on a wall. <laughs> she has no, There's nothing there. But, uh, yeah, so journalist and PI are hanging out. He talks about the loss of his wife, who was a social worker, and how she was really gifted at her job, blah, blah, blah. She, yeah, she'd work with cases. And, like, and like I... Th- I felt like initially I was like, it's like so obviously this is all interconnected because this mm-hmm. is what the show does. So I was like, I don't, I didn't see it quite yet. Yeah, and we're gonna me. jump ahead because this is you've really heard all the plot. But yeah. they figure out who the pickpocket is. They also figure out that the pickpocket is living on his own because a couple months ago his mother was put in jail. He's like fifteen or something. He's he's young, fifteen or sixteen year old kid, and and they you know, find out because, he's a social worker because he's living alone. He is going to be put into the foster care system, mm-hmm. and then everyone's like, oh, well, what happened to this kid? You know, where did he get off track? It's like, well, he had this social worker who he was really fond of. And who so really this is all these him. people who are telling the millennial prophet and journalist girl, they're just telling him all, them all this information. And none none of all that of that would be confidential. Be, none of that would It doesn't be matter if the social worker is deceased. The kid is still very much alive <laughs> yeah. and still probably has a social worker like, <laughs> who never appeared. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It was none, so frustrating. None of this, none of this would have been... Like, <laughs> ever, ever, Everyone's violating HIPAA. Like they're all like yeah. everyone's HIPAA screaming. doesn't exist in God friend of me. Yeah. There's no privacy, and that's how God found Millennium Prophet. But uh, <laughs> well, so, it's, it's sort of like SVU. They get every criminal confesses because otherwise they have to deal with like yes. hundreds of hours of like the details and minutiae. So and like we don't have time for that. We're going straight to yeah. the end. Executive Dick <laughs> produ- Executive Producer Dick Wolf. I almost said Executive Dick Producer. <laughs> No, that's God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, but then, of course, the the young boy starts living with the PI guy because they need each other. And who's yeah. safe too? You know. And yeah, then he, yeah, the journalist he's... and millennial prophet are still doing their will they won't they nonsense. And there's just like. I do think the main actor, millennial prophet, has some charisma, but there's, I, I would agree. there's l- such little depth to the material that yeah. <laughs> and I was rolling I was rolling my eyes like quite a bit during the show way more mm-hmm. than it would like if yeah. it's something enjoyable I, my eyes are gonna be rolling constantly because the best the best scenes were when Millennial Prophet was interacting with P.I. Guy because they were the two most talented actors on the show and mm-hmm. they could lend some like pathos to this awful yeah. awful writing yeah the writing but yeah the writing felt Ugh. like stilted and generic and... white girl it's just like 
she's there and if she's not on screen you forget she exists she has such little personality and her co-worker has even less which is really unfortunate yeah uh yeah it's also definitely written by a man because <laughs> the, the female characters are either dead or have, or have no like other, they're dead they their only character trait is that they are gay or they have no character traits those are the three possible women roles in god friend and me but uh prediction Andy for season two and beyond because this show was renewed oh man I, I yeah. mean so we didn't don't know the finale of season one so I like my guess is they, they think resolve. they're really close to finding out yeah. who's behind the god account so it's just la- on, layers and like then an it's, onion and then it's like a Moriarty reveal mm-hmm. where it's like a, a post-it note left on Millennial Prophet's desk and he's like gotcha like, <laughs> <laughs> that made me mad too when I watched Sherlock that made me angry as well like I was like get, get and up. then Millennial Prophet fakes his own death yeah. and, and then a journalist girl's really sad for a while and grows a mustache and then there's some supernatural stuff that happens Yes, and, and then Sherlock starts working as a waiter. <laughs> but meanwhile, generic white girls gotten engaged, mm, and mm-hmm. it's you know hilarity ensues. I think this this story arc this, is a lot more fun. Uh, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Sherlock <laughs> <laughs> or know anything about Sherlock, yeah. or I guess don't know anything. But um, but if they merge those shows. Add Benedict Cumberbatch to this. And, and we combine this with our gritty Gilmore Girls reboot. <laughs> I think that's a that's a show I might watch. I'm not saying it's good, but I might watch it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's oh, uh, that's God friended me. It's bad, but it's uh, a bad watch. It, yeah. it qualifies. Yeah, you know how I'm feeling, Andy. Uh, feeling oh. financial. Okay, all right. Yeah, let's. I feel it too. Feel it in my bones, in yep. my plums. Don't. Your plums are not being sponsored. Hi there, I'm Spike Torino, former brand ambassador of ghost-free mattresses and general criminal at large. Join me on my new podcast, A Day in the Life, as I talk with the greatest mobsters of the modern era, finding out what makes them tick and how exactly they've excelled in their profession. Past interviews include Joey Sanghetti, the inventor of concrete shoes, as well as Anthony Soprano, the real-life inspiration for the hot HBO program. All this and more on A Day in the Life. Download from your favorite podcatcher today. And now it's time for Good Watch. Andy, what do you got? I recently watched, for the first time, it's been out for quite a while now, uh, Scott Pilgrim, first, I think it's First of the World. <laughs> yes. Um, it Having was, not seen it, I believe that is I what think it's that's called. It. It was a lot of fun. I can see the appeal. There's a, a, a there's a great cast. Um, don't ask me for names because I'm terrible with those. But it's a it's a really fun cast, and it is a lo- like there's a lot of like they do like manga, cartoony kind of tropes. It's and based on a graphic novel. I believe so. Yeah. And so there's like there's like that that feel, and there's like a, a bunch of. You know, there's you know there's right on the screen when people get punched, and that's that's sort of a fun call out thing. Um, and then, but it's just it's just a really fun, ridiculous arc of Scott Pilgrim, played by Michael Sarah, trying to battle through all of uh, her, his current girlfriend's exes in order to be able to successfully date her. And it's and really the a lot girlfriend of fun. is uh, pre superstardom Brie Larson. No, the Brie no? Larson is is his ex. Oh, and she's um, she's a, I, I really a singer. In, in a band that she that he has, <laughs> uh, like they're competing against. What has Michael Sarah been up to recently? I don't know. 
disappeared into the woodwork. I think he had a role in the newer Twin Peaks. Okay. But honestly, I'm a little worried about him. Also, uh, I, I heard he's probably I heard doing all right for himself. There's some comedian who made this joke. I don't remember who I was. I'd give them proper credit, but they have pointed out that anyone running while wearing a backpack is instantly Michael Sarah. And I think of that every time I put on my backpack, and I remember I can't run while wearing this. So I'm not Michael Sarah. But uh, what's your good watch? My good watch is a little film called Hereditary. Starring, oh, you told me about this. Starring um, one of the Wolf Brothers. I'm not sure if it's Nat or the other one. Um, I don't know either, so you're good. <laughs> well, the, okay, yep. And then there's a little girl and Annette, not Annette Benning. God, Tony Collette. I, I don't know why I always get <laughs> Annette those two. Annette Benning? Really? It's just Tony. Annette Benning and Tony Collette. I always get them mixed up for some reason. But this one is Tony Collette. And uh, her husband is the the ringleader in The Usual Suspects. He's like an Irish guy. Oh, yeah, okay. I know um, who you're talking about. I know but, the face. Yeah, I don't remember his, his name, but it's that guy. And it's this family of four. The maternal grandmother passes away and... Then shit starts going off the rails. And it is a horror movie, I should clarify. There are some really good jump scares. And there's also, like, the transition from first act to second act is maybe the most surprised I've ever been watching a movie. It was so unexpected and shocking and awful. (laughs) And then... And it's not one of those films, like, Get Out is another great movie, and, like, um, there's been a lot of really good horror movies recently, but, you know, you finish watching Get Out, and you're like, oh, he made it out. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. There's a- <laughs> Probably you've seen it by now, I hope. Um, but There's a resolution. There's a resolution, and when you get to the end of Hereditary, it's just, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> it, it just, it goes, it starts going down, and it never pulls back up, which I thought was a really interesting choice, and really unsettling uh but it's on amazon prime it's it's really quite good i heard an interview with the director uh and he was just like yeah i was just wanted to make sure that that people saw like the messed up stuff that goes on in my thoughts and mind (laughs) yeah it was just like i have a lot of issues and i wanted to put that out there for people to deal with it really is (laughs) something like that um so many horror movies like it's a very common trope to sort of like have the creepy child be sort of a metaphor for our society's discomfort with reproduction and like um all that weird stuff that goes on with that and it plays with that in a really interesting way with the young daughter and the mother and the deceased grandmother and also the son to some extent and it's 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 really wild uh i kind of want to watch it again but it really is scary so um, well, maybe maybe we could watch it together because I don't like horror movies. I don't like being scared, but uh, I, I think maybe if you have a partner, I'd be okay with watching it. I mean, I do. I would leave be, you hold my hand. I would be prepared. <laughs> I would be prepared for all the, the, the scary bits. Last time I watched a somewhat scary movie with Evan, he a was... A quiet place. I, we was, were in the theater. I was crawling out of my skin. He was jumping around in there's, the chair. I was there's like, chill that out. scene in A Quiet Place where the alien, they're in their house and their basement's filled with water and you see across the basement <laughs> that one of the aliens and it just slithers into the water. Sometimes I close my eyes at night and I see that image and I'm immediately wide awake. If you've seen A Quiet Place, you know the scene I'm talking about because it is really fucking creepy. 
But uh, that's my good watch for this week. I'm getting oh, I'm getting goosebumps talking about that. <laughs> but, um, oh, man. So uh, yeah, uh, he's Andy. That guy's Evan. And this is Bad Watch. Bad Watch.